good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material Podcast, episode 161. Yes, a palindromic number. And I am Andy Anatko. You can palindrome that at your own peril. Uh, and I am Florence Ion. Your last name, you could at least pronounce it as a palindrome. Anatko as a palindrome, I don't think you'd get anywhere close. I can just say yeah. noi and you're done. <laughs> uh, so, fun fact... I used to have some friends who used to call me Alphanoi because they realized flow ion backwards is just too cute not to say backwards, which I agree. Alphanoi is a great nickname. Uh, and I, I think I went about I, I went by that for about a summer. So that was an interesting summer. How's your summer, Andy? Oh, uh, kind of humid. We're in the midst of it. Kind of, kind of, we, we had we're just getting into that weather that I really like where uh, when I was uh uh, when I was uh, on my walk today uh, <laughs> around the block, I'm you're just suddenly aware. You feel something on your face, and you're suddenly aware that wow, I'm in bright sunshine, so I'm getting sunburned, but somehow I'm also being being hit by raindrops, right? Because there's like it's like patchy overcast where it's blue sky, but where it's not blue sky, it is like absolutely dark gray thunderheads. So I and I actually like that. Um, I was actually, I, it reminds me of, so I was uh, taking a walk through um, the Boston's Public Garden uh, a few days ago. Last, uh, Which must uh, be beautiful at this time of year, oh, I'm it's, assuming. It's beautiful pretty much any time of year. It's like people uh, are always asking me on Twitter, saying, hey, I'm going to be in Boston for like a few days. And What raising. should I go do? Yeah, and I, I hope they're not asking me for place, for like beer recommendations or <laughs> or, or or like clubs or anything like that because I'm I'll always say, well, there's this there's this public park that was founded in 1838. No, that's the answer I'm looking for when I'm asking for travel help yep. because like the thing is, I will figure out where the alcohol is. I will figure out what the good <laughs> food is. That's all in a book somewhere or on some website. But I need to know where people go to stroll yes. because these are not things that are like. Like we have to share this as a society. Yes, like this is where you go stroll. This is this is there was a, the great the, the the one of the great booms of Boston was when suddenly everybody had money in uh, in like the late eighteen hundreds and it was time to for Boston collectively or at least the people who had money to prove they not only had money you know they not only had right. success but they had so much class culture and taste it wasn't even funny. Right. And so they and so the public garden was uh, the public garden is this beautiful little not not terribly huge park, but uh, it's next door to Boston Common, which is sort of like the public been the public park since the 1600s. And that's the place where you let your dog off the leash and that's where you play Frisbee and that's where you lay down blankets and 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 go and go and suntan the public garden. You have to your your dog must be on a leash. If you have a if you have a bicycle, you can't. You must dismount the bicycle and right, walk the walk bicycle. Uh -huh. But there are benches, and there's this big lagoon with pedal big pedal boats uh, pedaled by people who are riding giant swans, like a, a swan about the size of like the back end of a Volkswagen. That so idyllic. And I for, love it. And for a dollar, you can like ride, take a lap it's around the lagoon. It's only a dollar? Yeah. That's a heck of a deal. And, and again, you, you don't have to pedal, to pedal yourself. It's like you are on a boat with like park benches on it and an enterprising strapping young lad or lass will be in the back sitting on a bicycle seat behind the swan pedaling. Uh, and it's full of amazing sculpture and they, they keep the, the plantings and the, and the, uh, and, and the landscaping really nice. Uh, it's 
it really it's not not just cool to take a walk around there for yourself but also because you know that particularly on a nice day in the summer or the spring or really this anytime there are going to be people just walking around and having a good time there uh this this is the year that i feel as though if i haven't seen at least three wedding parties trying to take wedding photos or get married in there without actually getting the $60 permit that you're supposed to get. I feel as though I have not completed my, my experience. Uh, but yeah, it's, it real it's, it's, this is not an incidental or offhanded recommendation. It's like you will, you will get a sense of Boston from hashtag not time. an ad. Hmm? <laughs> hashtag not an ad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag visit Boston.org. Trying to, trying to get free Thwan boat rides. Uh, but 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 okay. But to make this Google related, so listeners, I have not spent my one completely off-topic card for the show. This is completely <laughs> on topic. So I saw so I, I I saw something that amazed me. There was a Google bike leaning against a bench and uh, enterprise a, a, a man in his late twenties, early thirties, with some sort of a wow. laminated badge on his belt, just sitting on the this bench. Is a portrait. I, I have this never is portraiture. Ever... You need to show this in a museum, Andy. I this should. is like an absolute still life East Coast Google person. I yeah, I or did Boston <laughs> Google person. I, I also I also did have, of course, my like my good camera with like the really good like long lens so I could take pictures of people yes. without feeling as though like I'm I'm disrupting them by being in a public park and taking pictures of people. But yeah, so I had I had to take a picture a because it was like a very beautiful scene, but also I thought that there was an off chance that someone had stolen a Google bike and like <laughs> bought it off of Craigslist and brought it to like the bot. I have never seen it seen a Google bike anywhere but the mothership. And yes, Google has a campus in Cambridge, uh, but um, I actually haven't been to whenever I've met with somebody, anybody related to Google, it's like the last thing they want to do is we were next to like a mail, a million different, really great restaurants. Why don't we have lunch elsewhere? So I've never been on that. I didn't realize they had Google bikes there. And I've never, I didn't really think that the, the, the Cambridge campus was big enough that you really need to have, uh, <laughs> like a, a bunch of bicycles just like standing around to ride around, particularly in like the 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 uh, San Mateo is not like Boston. Like there are Boston, there's a lot. I think there are a lot more ne'er do wells. Uh, and there's, it, it, whereas San Mateo, there's an understanding that we are in many ways a factory town. If we see a Google bike, of course, we're going to jump on it and ride it if we need one, but we're also going to lean it against a tree when we're done with it, because we know that the special vans are going to be around to pick them up at some point in Boston. It's more like, Hey, cool, free bike. So that's what I, it had never occurred to me that there would be Google bikes there, but yeah, it was a bona fide Google bike. It was a bona fide Googler. I struck up a conversation with the person. Uh, he was. Uh, seemed to be sheepish. Oh yeah, like just, like like he he didn't get permission to like leave campus to like actually get some fresh air and sunshine. So I'm 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 just glad this wasn't a situation where like he he really does work in the the main campus and he had to come to Boston on a business trip and the only way he could get approval for the travel expenses if he just rode a Google bike three thousand miles uh, to to Boston. I'm glad that didn't happen because. He was in good. He was in much better shape than I, but he would be rather peaked at the end of that. Honestly, Andy, it's just very interesting to me that you are not sick of bikes the way that I am, uh, because you see <laughs> here in the beautiful, sunshiny, dry Bay Area, there are bikes everywhere. There are Lime bikes. There are 
city bikes, there are Google bikes, there Apple has bikes on its campus. Granted, I am extremely far away from where Google and Apple are, but I do see a lot of those shared bikes just hopping around. So I've kind of just become a person that ignores bikes because <laughs> they're everywhere. And yeah. I, I don't want to go crazy with all the bikes that are surrounding me in this day and age. I, I have to disassociate and compartmentalize that part of my life. Otherwise it just becomes too much to handle. <laughs> I'm actually jealous that you could still see bikes. I, you know, I, I, I do think that like the worm is turning here because I, the one that, what I like about bikes is that like people own them and they have possession of them and they, they've decided to buy a bicycle and ride it and make that part of their lifestyle. When it just becomes like, we're just going to litter the landscape with bicycles being ridden by people who maybe haven't ridden a bike since they were 16 years old. And they don't understand. There's a lot of stuff they didn't remember. <laughs> like, like when I started riding bikes again, like a few years ago, um, I forgot that the purpose of, of the brakes is not just to stop the bike, but also to prevent the bike from rolling once you have stopped. And so there was a lot of like falling over, not falling off the bike, but falling over because like I've, I'm about to put my foot uh, feet down on the ground because I've come to a dead stop. But we're on a little bit of an incline and now it's shifted forward a little bit. And now right. I've exactly so I, I just I, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that we're looking at alternative methods of getting people around the city. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, and I'm trying to avoid being the person. Oh. You're using one of those rental bikes. I I own a bike, man. Everyone's got to start somewhere, Andy. Exactly. Speaking of which, starting somewhere, I have to ask if you've heard the news. So we are actually recording this episode on a Thursday instead of our usual Wednesday evening. Uh, and what happened this morning is that there was a flurry of news about this so-called smart display from the likes of a manufacturer named... Lenovo. Ooh. Ovo and I happen to have one here in my possession. Hooray! Yes, you uh, you published. You actually reviewed it. You didn't. You didn't get. I have not reviewed it yet. Oh, okay. But you can. Yes. You're for now free but, to talk. Yes, I am free to talk. Uh, that is coming soon. I am just kind of living with it right now and experiencing it and taking it. You know, I didn't want to uh, rush this because it's such a new experience for me with the Google Assistant. But then at the same time, it's not such a new experience. It's actually kind of a familiar experience because a lot of the interface on this smart display reminds me of the interface I've had on the Chromecast for several mm. years. This one is a lot more interactable. You know, I'm actually touching the screen and I'm swiping. And when I talk to it, when I ask it questions, it gives me visual feedback. So I asked it right before we hopped on the podcast to add something to our shopping list and what it did is it brought it up on screen, showed me what was on the shopping list and everything after it. And I just kind of appreciated that because I feel like sometimes when you're talking to the regular Google Homes, you kind of not having that visual feedback, uh, sometimes it could take a while to, to really process what the interaction was that you just had, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't explain that very well. Yeah. But I mean, like in the sense of the shopping list example, you know, if something is reading out a shopping list to me, I have a harder time keeping track of what's on that list than if I have it in front of me visually. Or, you know, this morning, for instance, 
people are still sleeping in the house. Um, okay, a person and a cat, but you know, I don't want to disrupt them. So I have the volume all the way down and I can still get all sorts of information that I need just through the visual component of the smart display. Also, it's basically a kitchen TV. <laughs> it's not in the kitchen. I, I actually put it in my office, uh, but it's in my office facing the kitchen, which is behind my office so that I can watch my stories <laughs> while I'm doing the dishes or I can, you know, turn on my podcasts, no problem. And I have this visual interface and I muted the Google Home Max and I am not really missing it at present, but I also haven't listened to a lot of music yeah. lately. So, so does, I, one of the things that I really wanted to know about it is, does it, the, does it count on you seeing the screen uh, when it gives you answers or does it sort of does it give yes. you the answer verbally and or does it say tomorrow's weather well i'll put it on the screen and if you can't see it that's not my problem is it there is a visual okay here's the visual aid and now here's the response to what you just asked or you know what your command was but i'm still kind of testing out to okay. see how that works so thus far it seems to be it seems to be a, there's a visual aid that pops up and then it's kind of a delayed auditory response. And if the volume is all the way down, it's really frustrating because I don't hear anything and I don't know if it's hearing, you know, if I have to look across the room, which can make that very inconvenient, but I guess that's anything really. I, I don't know. I'm liking it so far. Yeah. I've, I've watched a lot of TV on it. <laughs> I've seen I, I've seen some videos that were got posted uh, throughout the day from p various people who who got them early, uh, and I really like the idea that, uh, that it does have a touchscreen interface and there's ways to sort of inter. It's not designed as obviously as something that you like a phone where you're going to be tapping at it all day long, but the ability to make choices and to actually interact with the data it's presenting to you that seemed like a really really. It, it seemed it seemed like a really interesting hybridization of this disembodied voice that you just never look at, you never actually physically touch to something that you you talk to it and now you can actually interact with it in a more meaningful or more traditional sort of way. And yeah, I, I spent so I spend so much time watching videos, like watching YouTube. That I'm really I act I haven't I haven't gotten in touch with Google about like getting a getting a review unit or anything or, or Lenovo rather, uh, but it's like I may just just like with the Google Home Max it's like I might just buy one, and because I feel as though no matter what happens the very worst the the very worst case scenario is that I use it as something that's on the the the, the island in my kitchen so that. Like you said, like when when I'm making like when I'm making pizza dough or when I'm uh, like doing the dishes, I can still like be watching a 23 minute how 20 minute video of people soldering things, where I don't necessarily have to see every second of it, but it'll still be entertained by people who work very very hard. So there is both an eight inch and a 12 inch mo uh, excuse me eight inch and a 10 inch model. It has like a bamboo rear finish, so it looks kind of nice. You know, it's very modern. It has this very interesting curvature to it that kind of also props it up. Yeah. But the plus side to that is because the thing I don't really like about the Echo Show is that it's this really bulky product. And this doesn't feel as bulky, even though it is like technically a little bigger. I mean, it is bigger. It's a bigger thing than the Echo Show. But I can actually slide stuff behind it pretty easily so that it's not taking up all this room. So basically I can put it like in front of stuff and then that way I can still access the stuff behind it 
very easily. And I like that because, you know, maybe you want to put this in a bookshelf. Maybe you want to put this on a shelf. Maybe you want to put this on the desk or something like that. And you could totally do that. So I'm going to play with it a little bit more, see what else I can do. I've got, I've received a lot of questions about kid control, kind of how to keep like, you know, how to keep the household around <laughs> this device. So I think I need to move it out into the common area and I'm going to see how my husband interacts with it the next couple of days. <laughs> I mean, I, well, because I've been testing it in here in the back room and, but now I feel like it's, it's time to put it out into the open. It's, it's like keeping a border collie inside the house. It wants to run free. <laughs> This is why I don't have a border collie because I cannot handle that kind of it. I need a, I cannot do a pet with that kind of energy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. It's like, I don't, I don't, I, I no I, shade to border collies out there. I, I, They're I, very exceptional animals. Yeah. I, I don't need, I don't need to have a pet that's both has more energy and more focus than I do. <laughs> so, but so it's, is it, so when does, uh, Today's the twenty sixth. So does it go? Is it like on? Or, can you order it and then get it? Or it is, is it... on sale tomorrow, which is the twenty seventh, and it's already fifty dollars off for Costco members at Costco. So if any of you out there are Costco members, you can go save yourself a little bit of money. It's also thirty dollars cheaper than the Amazon Echo Show. So that's another thing yeah. to consider if. A Google, a Google Assistant is what you want. And I will note, of course, these things have YouTube, which the Echo Show does not any longer. And it's precisely because of this product that it does not have access to YouTube anymore. Yeah. And I, I will say, it's been really nice to be able to cast whatever I want to this little screen. Because the thing is, it will take a browser window as well. Because it just acts ooh, as a display. That. It acts as like, if you had a Chromecast plugged into a TV. And so I've been able to play Pluto TV. I've been able to play uh, Google Play TV shows that I've purchased. I've been able to play YouTube TV. I've been able to play Plex, all these things, no problem. And even some third-party uh, music services that I use. I'm, I'm guessing not Facebook Live or Twitch. I have not tried those oh, well, things, actually. Actually, cast, ca actually, with Cast, I bet you could. Yeah, Twitch yep. would be fine because the thing is we watch Twitch on the Chromecast all the time because, yes, I do like to watch people play games. <laughs> yeah. I do find it entertaining. No, but I, I, again, I'm with you. If I, if I, if I could tell my four, the 14-year-old version of myself that one day you will have like a, a TV that is 55 inches, the same dimensions as a movie screen, the same basic quality as a movie screen, and you can buy all the Star Wars, you can buy all the Raiders of the Lost Ark movies in in this super high resolution with THX surround sound, and you will spend most of your time again watching people soldering for 25 minutes as i say well uh, uh we found i think that uh, the uh, i've just put a logic probe on the uh, pick chip and uh, i'm not getting the square wave that i think we're supposed to so i want to desolder that and see if swapping a new one in solves the and yes this is what i'm you doing with this big big tv so yeah that's i'm i'm pretty excited about all this stuff um actually since we're talking about the assistant uh there's 
the uh, one of the features that was talked about at Google I/O when uh, uh, when Google was trying to talk about how like uh, about all this like personal wellness features and how technology affects people uh, that they're rolling they're at some point in the summer they're going to be starting rolling out features to Google Assistant that sort of encourages kids to use polite language uh, because the assistant will recognize that and reward good behavior. Uh, now I'm whatever whatever politeness I was capable of attaining in my social f- uh, software it's been it's it's here we're stuck with it however uh, I uh, I've noticed that uh, this is all these features seem to be now enabled what I I've now come into the exact habit of when I'm having an interaction with the assistant when I'm done I will say thank you number one because you know I noticed that the the it's courteous <laughs> right well, also because now that the one of the other big features that was announced at IO that's now available everywhere is where you don't have to say, "Okay, Guillermo, what's the weather?" "Okay, Guillermo, what's the weather tomorrow?" Right, continued okay, conversations. Exactly. And so, but it has a fe- it is a feature where if you say thank you, it understands that okay, he is terminating the conversation. I can turn off the microphone. I don't have to listen anymore. But really, it's all about I like saying thank you. It's like that. It's what. It's yeah. how I interact with people. I feel like a better person. Somewhat. Should. It's. It's hard for me to stifle my usual instinct to, like when I, when I when I leave when I get out of an Uber, I'm going to say or, or a Lyft. I have to say thanks for the ride. Or off the bus. Hope you have a good day. Right. Exactly. You just want to say that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I like the way that works. And believe it or not, I've been asking for that feature ever since the the first Amazon Echo. Like it was, since I had my first like briefing with like product managers and engineers, saying there sh- there should be a function that it should recognize the word thank you, so that I don't have to. I think I was using it in the context of uh, instead of saying Alyosha, stop. Like when there's a when there's an alarm going or music playing, I would like to be able to say Alyosha, thank you. Oh, thank, wonderful. I have, I have completed my task. I am a good, smart speaker. I have served my master well. And now I'll stop playing the music because I've done a good job. As opposed to stop. <laughs> so I, I, I'm really, really kind of pleased and happy about that. So it's not as though it makes me a better person, but it means that I, I no longer have the like mental CPU load of like I don't I don't have to have this new like software flag in my conversational subprocessor that says are you speaking to a human or are you speaking to a robot if speaking to a a robot don't bother saying thank you don't bother saying please because your efforts are wasted on this hunk of metal so I can it's just not. simply be nice to everything whenever I'm using my voice which yeah, I think you is, never is a know positive when they're going to turn on you absolutely Andy I completely agree you No I'm just yourself. doing it because I'm a good person not because I'm expected not to be bludgeoned Listen, as a result Andy you are human we are flawed this is how we think this is why we have to be good to the robots i agree with you continue to be good to your robots <laughs> we are but an imperfect vessel to hold the perfection of the universe speaking of perfection there's cheap pixel phones out there and yes i am i'm calling the pixel phone perfect even though really i mean you know everything has its flaws but pixel is pretty darn good I would say so, and we last week I think we uh, talked about how you can get the Pixel One for like two hundred and fifty dollars as a refurb. Uh, this week, wow, that's nothing. That's yeah, that's cheap O phone with an okay. That's a Moto okay G six. Yeah, exactly. And that's not even the same specs. Exactly. 
Uh, and now we find out that Best Buy uh, has the Pixel 2 XL, uh, 64 gigs for $499. What? And that's the Pixel 2 XL, which has like the that's not, not just fair. Screen, they had but, to like, do this nice... after I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I keep. I have to stick to my guns. I, it really got my attention and thinking. Well, I don't know how much the Pixel 3 is going to be, but it's probably going to be more than $499. Maybe. Oh, it's going to be like eight. Yeah, it's, it's like, maybe, like seven or eight. Maybe, maybe even a second Google Home Max speaker's worth. And so I could buy this today and also have a second Google Home Max speaker for the bedroom and have true stereo separation instead of waiting. And I'd have to wait another like th- two or three months to get the Pixel 3. Yeah, it's it's tempting, super tempting. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to sell my pixel and get another one because because you know what apple users had this for so long and i'm tired of being left out i want to wait in the proverbial line too i want to be out in the rain for a new phone and so i will be thank you very much have a great day should we have an ad let's do an ad yes i think we should this episode of material is brought to you by simple contacts it's great when an app takes a tiresome task and makes it easy and simple contacts does this by being the easy way to renew your contact lens prescription you'll be able to reorder your contacts from anywhere in just minutes all you need to do is complete their online self-guided vision test in less than five minutes from wherever you are right now yes even while you're listening to this podcast no more doctor's offices no more waiting rooms It's summer, and there are plenty of occasions you might need contacts on hand. Beach days, vacation days, outdoor activities like hiking and bird watching, weddings. So why not use Simple Contacts to stock up for the season? You can order your favorite contacts right from their website or app. Simple Contacts offers all the lens brands you love with options for astigmatism, multifocal lenses, colored lenses, and more. You'll be able to order exactly what you need right from the palm of your hand wherever you want. The vision test is just $20. Just for comparison, an appointment without insurance could cost you upwards of $200. Simple Contacts can save you money and time. But just to let you know, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Simple Contacts will check that your current prescription still helps you see 2020 and will renew your lenses based on that prescription. They are not writing completely new prescriptions or examining your eye health. As a listener of this show, you can get $20 off of your contact lenses. Just go to simplecontacts.com material, or you can enter the code material at checkout. That's simplecontacts.com dot com slash material or simply use the code material the name of this podcast for twenty dollars off we thank simple contacts for their support of the show all right so also this morning we we got the final release of the android p beta but before we talk about that andy you had a quick question about home automation and i just i would like to offer my services if i can Yes, I was definitely going to exploit our relationship for home yes. automation stuff because now I'm I, as you should. Yes, uh, because I've finally gotten around to like ordering on Amazon that special like uh, that that special light bulb claw on a pole. So if you've got super high ceilings and you've got light oh fixtures in the ceilings, God. so yes. with the, and so I finally like changed all like the main lighting stuff with Hue smart bulbs. And so I guess the the best way to uh, I've, I've been thinking about the best way to phrase this question in a compact and effective way. I think it goes like this: Why does the Hue app suck so heroically? 
at simple things that if I were writing this in Python, it would be five lines and everybody would understand how to do the things they want to do. Andy, 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 they're lighting artists. They are not coders. Give them a little break. Listen, at least we got an it we got a nice little updated UI this year. It's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot cleaner than what we had before the last couple of years. Have you tried digging into the Google Play Store? Because there's actually there's actually some good hue apps in there okay well like let, let me just let me just ask i just want to make sure we, we, i want to hear you that's what that's why i wanted to bring this up because i know there are other third-party apps out there i want to know what the good ones are yes the, the the big thing that that kind of raced me back into google docs a few days ago to put this into like make sure we talk about this was i've got a hallway entrance way I've got one of the special color-changing bulbs because I figure that it would be nice to have, like, as I'm going up the stairs, like, on St. Patrick's Day, it's green, and on, like, Valentine's Day, it's red. I thought that would be kind of fun and kind of decorative for the hallway, and all I need this bulb to do is turn on automatically at sunset, turn off automatically at, say, 1 or 2 in the morning, and if I tell it to be a certain – I want to be able to tell it what color to be, and I – only got it to work after I had to essentially – I don't know why I can't just simply say the hallway light bulb. Here's what I want you to do with it. I had to define the hallway as a room, I think, and I couldn't get it to specify – I couldn't find a place where I could specify the color. So when I turned it on manually, it was green, but now it's this boring, just sort of light bulby sort of color. And I feel as though I am giving in, that I'm, I'm giving it what it wants if I simply – learn how the Hue app wants me to do things. And I don't want it to give it that satisfaction. So I'm looking for a third-party app that works, that seems like it was developed by people who are actually using the product. You do not need to use the Hue app if you don't want to, which is great. So a couple of just like off-the-cuff Stringify. That is a great, easy, free Android app that lets you string together your own little routines between whatever IoT things you have set up in your home. There's also Yeti will do this for you. And there's also Yonomi, Y-O-N-O-M-I. And so we're going to put all of these in the show notes so that everybody has a link when they need it, if they want to go check them out. But all these three apps, they basically let you set routines, they let you schedule things. And because Philips Hue is such a popular and vast ecosystem, it's available in all of the apps. I'd 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 have a witty rejoinder, but I'm too busy on the Google Play Store adding things to my wish list. Ooh, the Yeti app has a really cool icon. Yes, and the Yeti app is really great, by the way. I showed it off on All About Android this week because it's a really great starter automation app. So anybody who's kind of like, I would like to play with a couple of these things, but I don't want to be super overwhelmed by all the options. Because when you dig into something like Stringify, it can feel a little overwhelming at first, just the UI and the presentation and the way that everything is. But Yeti is just extremely user-friendly. It's very simplified, but it might be too simple for you. So you might, you want to definitely try Stringify or Yonomi. And also you can do all this with IFTTT. That might I'm I'm hoping that's that's a yeah. You See, when I, in doubt, if you don't want to deal with apps, just go to ifttt.com yeah. and you could just make the formula there. It's so much easier. I do a lot of formulas there. I I do a lot of uh, programming between the Google Assistant and the different light ecosystems that I have in my house. Hmm. 
Yeah, my my only worry with if this then that is that I feel as though like uh, I, I worry that uh, I I use it for so many things that I will forget how to do things using the actual app or using the actual feature, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it means that I'll be there. Might I I. I just feel like I I don't I want fewer layers of abstraction between myself and the things the hardware that I'm working with, not for any reason that will Im- impact my life positively, but just because it seems like, just because I, I remember being a, I was being a little tiny kid and being able to to wonder my why my my Apple's disk drive wasn't working properly and then unscrewing the unscrewing the slide off cover to this disk drive and looking at the seek heads as they were moving back and forth and saying oh it's because this is an electronic arts arts game and it moved the boot sector because i can see like where the head is moving and that part of me always wants to say if i can do this really really easily using a third party construct that adds a layer between myself and the actuals and the actual hardware or i can just interfuss with the actual the, the a step closer yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense, but so you can go, you can just go to IFTTT and easily set date and time triggers as you need. Yeah, I just yeah, I feel I also I also just don't want to feel like I'm giving up. I don't I want to have the satisfaction of punishing the makers of the official Hue app for you've writing something plenty, terrible. You've got plenty of options out there. Also, there's an app called Hue Essentials, which is really good. It's uh, you know, it's it's definitely an indie app, but it's good. Okay, well, okay. So I've got so now I've now I've got both of You've these. You've got a lot of options. <laughs> I'll be I'll be screwing I'll be screwing around with all this stuff <laughs> tomorrow after I've had lots and lots of sleep. Unfortunately, I can't I I can't play with it when it's dark out because perfect. I'm, I need to be very very tired. Yes. But, so we got uh, so we got the uh, Android P. Looks like it's going to be coming out now, really, really soon, because the f- what looks to be the final public beta has just dropped. Uh, I'm pretty darn excited about Android P. I- I'm pleased about most like upcoming Android releases, but this one seems like it's going to be like having a new phone almost, and with all this good and bad about it. Yeah, I haven't really. I still haven't delved into Android P. I didn't install the beta. I just have just been kind of waiting because I I felt really unenthused about everything that I was hearing about it. I heard a lot of complaints about the gestures. I heard just a lot of skepticism. And so I've decided that I would just enjoy my time with Oreo as I have because, you know, eventually like we're probably weeks away from this being available. And so it's coming. The dawn is coming. <laughs> the dawn is coming soon. Winter is coming, or P is Win- P, P is coming, which is not. Yeah, I don't know if winter is coming. As spoken the, text is not a really good look for Android. The, uh, P is the coming. The planet's really heating up, so uh, I think we'd be lucky if winter would come. <laughs> but yes, so it's also I have to say I really appreciate sites like Android Police. They've been keeping track of every new feature that's been coming out uh, in the Android P betas, and it's. Right now, they've got a great rundown of all the little enhancements uh, that are coming with the new version of Android. They've got uh, they've got a lot of why hasn't Android had this from the beginning? Questions that they're they're <laughs> positing in there, and uh, and I think that that's a question we ask ourselves. Yeah, like, a lot like like text selection. That like I've, one of the few things I still miss from, from uh, my iPhone days is it is so easy to select text really precisely. Uh, with a, on an iPhone on Android, 
I will give it two tries and then I will just simply like if I need throw to throw the like, phone at the wall. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> Just to be when I'm having a, that's I, I, when I know what the launch date is. When I've got my order in for the for the Pixel Three, and I know what day it's arriving, that's going to be a day for a lot of self self control. Saying, you know what, if I were to throw this really hard at the wall right now, I will only be out for out of phone for like eighteen hours. I can deal with eighteen hours, but yeah, yeah. But so so they're now they're doing this. But yeah, it's like I will. I, I'm, I need to. I've selected the almost the entire word except for the last letter and the period, and like I'll say, screw it. I will simply delete the, the remainder of this word and th- discard the word I was gonna type in and find another word that also ends with that same letter and a period. We've all gone to great extremes to try and do that perfect copy and paste, Andy. It is <laughs> is the struggle of being an Android user. But you know what? We had copy and paste way before ios did so give us some credit here come on (laughs) remember remember when it was like well no no one had no one had their mobile game completely on point at that point so nobody could really lord it over any okay the blackberry users for a very narrow window and the windows phone users for a very they can say "Ah, uh very narrow window you you can't copy and paste text you can't have apps and you can't have 3g speed (laughs) enjoy your enjoy your fun ipod phone like okay, <laughs> go to Google. Define colon hubris. Oh, look, it's a picture of you saying that thing about the iPhone. Okay, interesting. That was very very fast. Uh, but yeah, and I, so I, it's like I'm I'm really looking forward to the app switcher, even though it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of getting used to because not having just simply I'm not gonna tap the home button and then scroll vertically because this is this is this feature. Uh, WebOS from Palm, like the, their last gasp to try to be relevant in a non-clicky keyboard world, it was a v- the, the 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 Pebble phone was very very it was very nice had a lot of great ideas and after they went the way of like ghosts and winds, all of their engineers and designers were hired by Google and Apple and suddenly yes. everybody who does UI was stealing that app switching that card yes. style app switching and I I I've, I, I don't. I'm trying to. I, I'm way behind on the betas. I think I installed like beta two. We're on beta four. I think I can't remember whether the app switcher was working back then. So I don't want to. I don't want to claim that I had really, really tried it and used it a lot. Uh, but uh, I, every time I see that kind of app switching, I'm like, I'm willing to curse at the phone and myself for two weeks as I fail to switch apps properly. In hopes of the day when I actually get this reprogrammed into my muscle memory and it sort of works. We'll see what happens. I, again, I haven't ventured into it. I've watched other people struggle through it. Uh, I hear so many people talk about, you know, the wonderful card interface, but I have to tell you, I'm not the biggest fan. I wasn't really the biggest fan. Uh, but maybe I will be a fan of this. I don't know. Again, I can't speak to it. In fact, I should probably stop talking about it because I have nothing to say. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that, you know, that, that's, that's a good point, particularly because like when you, by the time you, you get access to a public beta of iOS, like there's nothing that you can, nothing, no feedback you can provide either as an individual or as 300,000 users storming the gates uh, outside of the Apple Spaceship Campus that's going to change anything uh, outside of an actual bug fix. But 
uh, when you get a new beta of Android, they're still playing with ideas and they're still like looking at, they're trying to figure out how people are using this and if this works well and features will appear and disappear and interfaces will continue to change and morph. So it's like, it's, it's always, that, that, that is why I was, I, I fell behind because it's, if you get excited about something that might go, that might be gone in, in the next build, or if there's something you hate, there's, by the time I finish like editing my 3000 word screed about how everybody at Google is an idiot and I'm the only person who knows about, uh, about what, uh, what, whether the, the colon in the menu bar should be static or flashing by the time I've finished that screed, they've already changed their minds about it. So it's 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 really the only thing that we can do is just speculate as to what the P stands for. And it's going to be can it's got to be candy or dessert related. Uh there's been musings that it's going to be pistachio, which I just find to be that's, that's an incredible buzzkill. I know. Noon. It's a nut. It is not a sweet thing. You it is a blatant nut. You know you're at a bad wedding reception if, like, you don't get cake, you get a little bag of, of pistachios. Or, like, raisins for Halloween. It's like, what exactly. are you doing? Right. Seriously? This is, hol- like, why would you ruin such a sacred candy holiday? Kids get one candy holiday, too, actually, if you count Easter. But not everybody celebrates Easter. Exactly. Anyway. It's, yeah, so uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to throw my support behind Pez. There's there's precedent for this, and I know it's I know it's a registered trademark, but so was KitKat, so was Oreo, and I'm I think that as soon as somebody inside Google realized that gives this that gives them permission to fund and produce hundreds of thousands of Android Pez dispensers, I think that's what sold it. I have to say, whatever they name it needs to match this new material aesthetic that they're going for because it is just white on white on white. With borders, which is great. I like it. But uh, I know there's been a lot of concern about how it's going to affect people with very sensitive eyesight who maybe like can't have a screen that's blaring at them all the time. But I but I will say that, I mean, there is there is a journey to this design paradigm. And so I'm curious to see where it's going to end up at the end. And I am curious if the name is going to kind of match the design, if that makes sense. Potemkin. If it's going to be a nice little package. <laughs> yeah, I, because I'm, I was worried about that, too, because, you know, one of the things that made me very receptive to switching away from iOS it was when they did that big redesign and became this barren white landscape where you don't know what part is the interface what 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 is clickable what is the most what is the the what do i tap to post a message because there's nothing about this that says that this this word in sans serif text is actually the button that you press in order to create a new message. It is not simply a piece of descriptive text that looks exactly like everything that's clickable. It seemed like it had no joy about it. And like just like well, just like we're talking we're it, talking it's about It's an interface with no joy, man. That is that yeah. It really was. It, was. it was like the no fun. Why does nobody talk about this? I feel like we need to talk about the fact that sometimes our interfaces give us absolutely no joy. I yeah. will agree to that. Absolutely. It's it's like being in an office, like you're visiting you're visiting someone or you're having having a meeting and yeah. you suddenly you 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 sense great evil in this building because 
cubicle after cubicle after cubicle, you know that there is a tightly enforced like HR rule about you're not allowed to have personal items in your cubicle. You're not allowed to have you. You can you can have you can have your at the end of the day your desk must contain your keyboard, your desk, your 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 your, your mouse, and your monitor, uh, and nothing else visible. Seems awful. And, yeah, it's like we're, we're, I mean we're talking about the uh, about the corporate bikes, and so it's it's almost impossible to mistake a Google bike for anybody else's bike because it's painted in every single carnival Google color at once, including the tires, the rubber tires, which are blue, like a very intense blue. And then you say, okay, wow, well, Apple is like, they like pride themselves on being a design company. I wonder what their bikes look like. And it's like, okay, so if, if if we're in a movie where like an act to one of the protagonists has died and been sent to purgatory before we find out how he can be sent back to what he has to make right to everybody's riding a bike that's just what like there's it's not unpleasant but there's no colors it's like a white bike with nothing to distract you from the communication that this is a bike and it's like it's bikes you're, you're supposed to have like a plastic basket hanging off the the handlebars with like colorful plastic flowers on it you're supposed to have like streamers off the handlebars you're supposed to have like not a bike that not not a bell that goes ping or beep you're supposed to have one of those shishing, ching, shishing, ching. bikes are supposed to be fun how do you screw up making a bike fun and so that that is my worry about like Apple design. It's like we we are going to delay the shipment of this product because in our testing we found that there was something that was giving people pleasure, uh, and so we have to locate the source of that pleasure and uh, remove it. Well, thankfully, I've never felt that way about Google design. So I will say, and I say that with utmost certainty, being a person that has covered this platform for (laughs) quite a long time, uh, the interface has has always given. And, you know, I guess whatever is coming, whatever is going to evolve with Android P and beyond, I am here for it. I see that it's, uh, you know, it's happening. It's a happen. It's a totally happening life. Yeah, I, 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 and whatever, whatever happens, it's like every time the, it, it, I think it's almost become a meme that whenever you, whenever you're writing something, whether it's like uh, in social media or like an actual formal like article, saying, oh well, uh, Google has changed the design of Gmail, and you want to, you just want to say, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you'll be really fine. It'll There's be a lot fine. of other problems out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It's. You worry worry about worry about that, that that sports app that you downloaded two days ago that actually is is exceeding the permissions that you gave to it. Don't worry that the now the it's the the red of uh, the red highlight is now not quite so intense a red and now there's no more drop drop shadow. It's it'll be fine. Have your opinions. Like things. Do not like things. But in the end, we're all dead in the next seventy to hundred years anyway. This will not change that. In any way or one way or another, unless you get so committed to your rant as you're typing on Twitter that you ignore the crosswalk and get hit by a bus. In which case, yes, but I think that that's not Google's fault. I think you have to bear the responsibility, a right time and a right place. And now to juxtapose this with an ad. 
This episode is brought to you by our awesome friends over at Pingdom. The reason Pingdom is so awesome is because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitors your site so you don't have to and gives you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. Let's be real, stuff breaks on the internet all the time. Every month, Pingdom detects around 13 million outages. That's more than 400,000 outages every single day. So regardless of whether you have a small website or you're managing a complete infrastructure, it is super important to monitor its availability and performance. You really don't want your site to be down and knowing nothing about it until someone sends you a tweet or an email. And that's why you need Pingdom. And the great news is it's so easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL you want to monitor and they take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then after you sign up, use the code material, that's the name of this podcast, at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. One piece of news slash not news that uh, I want to talk about because I'm, I need to practice how to say fuchsia. 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 I, fuchsia. Not, I don't know how. I don't know how to type it. I spell it. I don't know how to pronounce it. And I'm probably going to. It's a pretty color need, in real it's life. It's a pretty color, but how? F u c h s i a, and you and it's not. It almost sounds naughty. It's just like F u c h s i a. F u. See ya. Exactly. Yeah, no, See, exactly. No, it's there, not. There it it, it, it's it's cursing at you. It is spitting at you. It is saying your name. It is it, rude. The, the only thing missing is the implied finger snap in the middle of that. Yes. F yes. you. See ya. Ooh, that that's a mnemonic device. I'm going to now remember. F you. See ya. Okay. All right. Now I got it. Perfect. See, this is this is why I put this in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, now so the now have, the phony yeah, exactly. baloney re- reason for putting for for actually mentioning this as yes. news is that uh, somebody misheard something or had a slow day and needed to post something and said that they had an inside source at Google that thought that that uh, had determined that could was telling them that in five years Google's plan was to have the Fuchsia uh, OS replacing Chrome OS and Android. Uh, and because Google is not Apple, sometimes they do uh, – well, okay, I was, I was going to say they do comment about unannounced products, but Fuchsia is an announced product. But they – at least I, I thought it was very helpful that they chimed in and said, well, do keep in mind that this is a research project, and we have lots and lots of research projects. We've decided to post the code because our research on this, this point is kind of interesting. Uh, and so don't get don't get your hopes up. You'll ever see this as a real product. Could be it could mean everything. It could mean nothing. This is we just know something. you guys like this stuff. We're just yeah. putting it out there for you to poke at it, but we're not going to actually do anything about it. So basically, chill out. We we know that we know that we can probably trick at least thousands, but not tens of thousands of you into basically taking your beautiful eight hundred and fifty dollar phone and turning it into essentially a, a flashlight with the ability to do simple Google searches if we post a rudimentary version of a new OS that could possibly transform the world in 10 years. But today, all it does is turn on the screen and allow you to type into a text box. And darn it if they weren't right. It's it's, it's still a great idea. I'm still really looking forward to every new piece of news about it because the the idea of starting from absolute scratch or absolute-ish scratch 
and saying that we're not going to use Linux anymore, we're not going to use files, this uh, old ideas of file systems anymore. We're going to build something that is informed only by everything that's happened in mobile, uh, basically uh, not not uh, from any people who are still stuck to keyboard, screen, mouse. Uh, paradigm of computing or even simple multi-touch with a file system we're going to build something brand new it again it could be the most awful thing ever uh it's always and then it'll never come to fruition yeah, yeah. so I that's always... the good news if it's going to be awful it'll never come exactly and we'll, <laughs> and we can and we can laugh at everybody who once again took their 850 dollars beautiful pixel phones <laughs> We can laugh at people who have more zest for life, more thrill-seeking, more more risk-taking than those of us who are like, oh, I, I, I heard on this podcast that if you download a third-party app, it will control your light bulbs much better. But I don't want to take the risk of not using the official approved app, so I'll, I'll just suffer. Yeah, okay, we, we shouldn't make fun of people who are installing the – we shouldn't. And and frankly, if I if I knew how to build from binary, <laughs> or if I had the time to like go through all the steps and correct all the mistakes I would make trying to build this project and install it, I would my it's I, yeah. So I, so th- th- you're seeing projection here. I'm projecting my own inefficiencies and weaknesses on other people. Well, I'm going to project the fact that I think the Google Assistant personality team should have talked to me instead of David Pogue. I'm just going to put it <laughs> out there. Uh, Andy, I didn't get a chance to really watch this, but you kind of pointed it out. And I do think it's it's kind of interesting. I would actually love to know more about the idea of artificial intelligence having a personality of sorts. Because I think we talk about AI as kind of being like, oh, it's a robot. But we have to think the people... There are people who are programming these things. There are people behind them. And you have to kind of sway it a certain way for it to continue interacting with people that way. It's kind of like Westworld when you go in and adjust the behaviors. Um, And this one has the mean behavior turned all the way down (laughs) so that it does not kill you. Yeah, it's, it it was cool. So um, uh, David Pogue is doing most of his writing on uh, Yahoo finance uh, now. And so he got like a, a post, like a seven and a half minute video accompanied by like a short article, but the video is worth watching where he got to hang out with, Essentially, all the people, the, the project manager, uh, Lillian Rincon uh, for the Google Assistant and the engineers who are working on different parts of it. But I thought it was really cool and really worth watching, chiefly because you don't uh, – most of what we tend to hear is about, hey, meet the people who figure out – But you know, have you ever asked, uh, asked uh, your Google Assistant or asked uh, Shlomo, uh, hey, when is the, what's the meaning of life? And you get a funny response. Meet the wacky former Conan O'Brien writer who writes all that witty dial- zippy dialogue. It really is all about here is how we're trying to make uh, our make the Google Assistant much, much better. Here's how we're trying to make it have people recognize that it's more useful than just an egg timer or a way to turn your lights on and off. Um, so when they're talking about the the personality. It's a VUI, Andy. A VUI. It's a VUI, V-U-I. That's what they call it. That's that's <laughs> It's a voice user interface. That's what the experts call it, a VUI. That's not going to catch on. I refuse to love it. I refuse to aid and <laughs> okay. abet. Right. Sorry. As... Continue. I had to interrupt with that annoying tidbit. Continue. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying I, I, I'm, I'm. If I, if I heard that that acronym before, I basically rejected it in my mind, saying that I'm not. Ah, vooey. <laughs> vooey, baby, we're gonna wanna take you on a, 
active assistant crews. Anyway, uh, so, so personality team. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they're talking about so uh, Lillian Rincon again, the head of uh, Google Assistant, uh, was talking about like why they give uh, why they give the assistant such a unique personality. He says, "quote It's to make it more conversational, but not necessarily to make it more human. It's not about anthropomorphizing the device. It's about actually just enabling you to yeah. get things done." Yeah, exactly. That's the interface. Yeah. So and it needs to be able. It needs to be as easy as the one that we use on the phone. Because we learn, un, un, unless you had really bad parenting, you, you the first. To be the, fair, Andy. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> I, I, a, I don't want to speak for everybody. I'm saying. Well, I'm. I'm saying that. Like what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is that the first user interface you learn is how to speak to something and get a response yes. and back. Like when yes. you want something, you learn the user interface of how to express what I want, evaluate the feedback that I get back, and process that. Yeah, I'm that saying that not, not, not all of us had parents who talked to us as opposed to saying, here's a here, <laughs> here's a Motorola like G2 phone that I don't want anymore. That's that's your mom now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the why boy I say it's, it's, who was raised by smartphones. <laughs> I, I raised he my, learned nothing. <laughs> my, my parents tried to raise there was me no Wi-Fi. human interference. I raised my I chose to reject that and raise myself. With 6502 assembly code. Careful, Andy. That's going to be on the cover of the National Enquirer someday. Hey, about uh, Wolf Boy or iPhone Bat Boy. Boy. <laughs> sure. Weekly World News. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. But, but that's 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 why I really enjoyed this piece. That really is about we're we're not just doing this funny little. Oh, isn't it? Wouldn't it be funny if you could again talk to a machine that talks back to you? It really is. This will encourage you to ask questions. This will encourage you to keep a conversation going, as opposed to just thinking about it as a way of not having to reach for reach for a trackpad uh, or a screen or or, or a keyboard. Um, the uh, personality that's developed for the Google Assistant. Uh, I'm quoting here from the uh, from the article. So, what is Assistant's personality? Team members describe her, or rather, it, as friendly, optimistic, humble, and flattering. I wish that anybody would correctly use any two of those words to describe me. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't have. I'm. I, they have. A, they, Google has like what like uh, like 81 people working on the Assistant's personality. I'm just stuck with me. So. I'm not really. I good. mean, it takes a village, right, <laughs> to raise yeah. a child, yeah. and it takes a village to raise a vui, to to make sure that it responds to people when they ask it questions, and to make sure that the people on the other end understand it when it answers those questions. I think this is just really fascinating, and I really do love the the sort of the humanization that goes into these things because that's when you start to realize that products are. I mean. Listen, anybody could say, oh, you know, this is just like Google, you know, trying to appeal to the people. But in all honesty, it is also showing that there is a humanist, uh, um, a humanizing side to this technology and that this is definitely a part of that process. And the outcome is that we have products that we really enjoy interacting with. And that's the whole point of this is to get us to enjoy it enough that we want to put seven of them in our homes. Yeah. For, for a whole bunch of reasons, I just enjoy interacting with the Google Assistant a lot more than I enjoy interacting with Shlomo or Cortez or Alyosha. He said not wanting to trigger people. Trick, I don't have any of Windows those installed Amazon. because I don't need them. It's just not. <laughs> I only need them if I'm writing if I'm writing a story for you. 
call me. Uh, I will definitely plug them in and use them. But if I don't need them, I don't need them. So, so you're saying you're in a monogamous relationship with a voice assistant? I mean, I am. I've always been kind of a serial dater or a serial monogamous, <laughs> as they say. So definitely. But it's also just for ease of use. It's very easy when you kind of use everything from the same ecosystem, which is our future. Choose your ecosystem. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I'm in an open relationship with Google Assistant, but Google Assistant understands that I like to experiment from time to time. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, you chose Apple. <laughs> no, no, no. Again, a Very Cortez. exclusive. I, I, exclusive. I, I, I sometimes dabble with Cortez. I sometimes, I still have Alyosha. With that, what that's still hanging around because I How haven't replaced. How do you know replaced... Cortez hasn't moved on from you? I'm just saying, well, Andy. That's fine. <laughs> it's a lot of. <laughs> Again, I, I I just want Cortez to be happy. She she's really into gaming, video gaming, and I'm just you know I just can't spend as much time playing Halo as Cortez does. I just can't. She she has her own avatar. It's a really fancy one. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm good if I just get to recolor the, the color of my headband as my on You can come play Pokemon cards with me. It's safer <laughs> over here. It's well, I'll, I'll, I'll take one, one, one last thing about uh, this stuff. So Andy Pratt at Google is the features lead for the personality part of this. And uh, it didn't say this in the article. I'm willing to extrapolate from the following quote that he is also a, a pageant dad. Okay. <laughs> because here's, here's again a direct quote. Uh, I'd say, uh, describing the personality of a Google Assistant, I'd say always helpful, always trying to be useful, but we always we also want to have a little bit of a sense of humor. And here's the money quote: "It's not going to be as snarky as Siri." <laughs> so, I mean, if we're gonna assign personalities here, I feel this is why I made that joke about Apple because I feel like Siri is kind of like the mean stepmom of the. <laughs> and again, okay. By the way, this is not to genderize any of the assistants. I'm exactly. only using the stepmom trope to kind of make you understand what <laughs> it is. It's a common that I'm frame of reference to. that officially exactly. delivers your point. Exactly. Not because I'm genderizing any of these digital assistants. There, the note has been made. Um, but yes, I kind of feel like Siri is like the evil stepmom. And uh, the Google Assistant is like the laid back Californian who's just, you know, like letting life just whiz by, making a couple jokes here and there, man. But like at the end of the day, we're just going to like we're just going to have barbecue and eat outside because we can year round, man. Um, and that's why it's funny. We were talking about the bikes earlier because it is totally like a California culture thing. Just like la la la. Um, as for Alexa, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that one out. Yeah, it's it, it's dutiful. It definitely wants to help you, uh, but I feel like you know it. It maybe it, its insecurity is a little obvious at times. Yeah, you know, you know what Shlomo's big problem, or at least for me, is that like Shlomo is absolutely contained in iPhones, and I I, have, I always have to have an iPhone present or an iPad present or now a Mac present, and. It really, it's not, uh, it's, whereas with the Google Assistant and with Alyosha, I can have these smart speakers everywhere and just simply call out and no matter where I am, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if, uh, if like, I'm in the kitchen and I left my phone like in the office, it will still, it will still be by virtue of the fact that they've got devices ranging from $50 all the way to $400. I've got the assistant wherever I want it to go. Same thing for, for Alyosha. 
I I really think that's what's holding Shlomo back. I, I know I, I I know some of the I know how hard Apple works on Shlomo. I know that they absolutely do see it as one of the key like cornerstone features for Apple going it. forward. Yes. Right. But in, until until the the cost of entry is less than three hundred and fifty dollars to simply put Siri in a place where it's useful to put Siri, uh, that's always going to hold it back. Yeah. Well, let's let, let's wrap up with uh, uh, the, uh, the the sort of two headed Hydra <laughs> announcement. I think from Google, uh, the Google Open Source blog announced the uh, data. What they're calling the Data Transfer Project, an open source platform promoting universal data portability. And the first like three quarters of the blog post are all about how you know back in two thousand seven uh, we had, we had a team they called it, at Google they called themselves the Data Liberation Front and they formed themselves because they were really interested in making sure that people could transfer their data from one service to another and gosh they've done we we we, we they did such a such good job on it that we that we uh, added that's that all that went into uh, the download your data feature where everybody can take all their Google data and post it not just to Google Drive, but to Microsoft OneDrive and Box and Dropbox. And so we're very, very proud to announce that we are being part of a brand new open source uh, platform, joining our friends at Facebook and Microsoft and Twitter and others to make sure that no matter what service you have, you'll be able to take this data and with a universal XML format and put it and transfer it to another place. And then like eight or nine paragraph sentences, yeah, yeah, and also the EU was uh, GDPR regulations kind of make it make us actually forced to do this now. But you know what? Those plucky little group in 2007 who just wanted to solve a problem for our users, whom we love, including you, and also we're being sued. We're being hit with about five billion dollars in damages for all kinds of things that you doesn't like. So we're trying to kiss up to them. I but was just still. gonna say. I know there's just been a lot of talk about you know what the use proverbial slapping of Google, but <laughs> <laughs> it is very interesting um, to see the things that come out of it. Anyway, this is good for everybody. I'm down for all of this. Come on, open source. Make it all interoperable with one another because the more you make it proprietary, the more you upset consumers and, you know, the more I get that it gives people an edge. But come on, you really you really feel like a dope when you realize how locked in you are and how easily each service that you use could solve this problem. I just want to get work done. Why does it need to be so difficult? Yeah. Also, I mean, think about uh, do we talk about this last week or the week before? Like the difficulty I had to uh, get to preserve and export all my Google yeah. Play like playlists and, and library content. Finally, having to go with a JavaScript that had to be posted into the developer pane of of the Chrome window that you had when, to really look for. Yeah, and and there are third part and there are third party apps that will kind of move your playlist between Spotify and uh, and other services, but they kind of work. But then they change the API a little bit, and it doesn't. The thing is, it doesn't work so well that the time that the time you will have to spend going through this transferred playlist to correct errors is equal to or greater than the amount of time it would have taken you to simply keep two windows open and recreate it manually like why can't i just simply export a standardized xml file that i can then import into apple music either or either just simply say if you will support if you will simply support a standard xml markup 
a file for my playlist and my music and just allow these third-party soft people pieces of software to interpret that completely accurately instead of having to like scrape a web browsing window it's like you are i'm not i do not i think very highly of you apple music google music spotify I think that you have the ability to do this. I just think that there are evil forces that are that are staying your hand. I I believe that you could anonymize yourselves, figure out a way, <laughs> secretly get form a cabal of people who want people to be able to transfer playlists easily, and just sort of slide this in. Just slide it in. That would be too easy, in. Andy. That would be too easy. That would make it easy for consumers, yeah. and we can't have that. How do we build competition? Yeah. Well, well, well. How about this instead? Like, uh, like your last day at work, you're usually like stealing, like off, stealing, like office supplies, stealing toner, stealing paper, Correct. stealing toilet paper, and stuff like that. What if instead of if you're gonna like rage against the machine and or realize that I there uh, no consequences matter for the next week? What if you were to ins- take some of that time you're going to be taking again? taking more uh, more salsa packets that you're supposed to be able to take from the commissary and say, I'm going to secretly add in hooks, not even the entire platform, but I'm going to introduce hooks into this code, into the actual server code, so that some third party could find it and use it. No. <laughs> you're probably No. Right. <laughs> not allowed. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> uh. What's what what's what's with you, person who's I want to say because capitalism, we, but uh, I didn't want to be too preachy. There I go. Because capitalism, Andy. I again I'm trying see there's there's a there's a door that used to be heavy oak door that I'd have to really pull to swing it open and I'd have to lift this bar to open it that gives me access to my lack of faith and or despair at a democracy actually endorsing freedom over corporate profit. Now it's basically a screen door. With a broken latch, and any if I open a window someplace, a breeze will just fly that open, and then there I am looking into that room of despair. So I try not to open any any windows or anything right. that will brush the. So I will. Not okay, let's that. close the door on the despair, and instead open the door on our wrap to the, up to the ending of the show. We will open. <laughs> we are we are we are every time we close a window to a topic, we open a door to leaving the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Life is cyclical. What can you do? We'll Life, be back here next week. We will be back here next week, partly because of uh, lovely advertisers, which we continue to encourage you and thank you for supporting, but also because so many of you are nice enough to simply say, we want something. We want more direct access to the hardware, just like Andy and his Apple II. We want to actually give, we want money to go from like our phony baloney construct of value and wealth in a bank to their phony baloney construct construct of value and wealth uh, by becoming uh, members. If you go to relay.fm slash material, in addition to asking us questions, commenting, all that sort of stuff, and seeing the links to the stuff we've been talking about, you can also become members. Just uh, give us give us some money, and that's very, very, very nice at pretty much any level that you choose to, uh, to endorse us at. And uh, you will get access to some special stuff. We do have a bonus episode that's coming out uh, not too far far from now uh and we have some we have a really cool idea that i think a lot of you are going to absolutely love uh, very special guest this is not this is not like speculative this is not us saying if I, I i'm sure that whatever idea we come up with three days before we absolutely have to record no i'm saying that we have a specific plan that i'm going to really enjoy flow is going to really enjoy uh, and you will not only enjoy this plan and this special guest, but you will enjoy us enjoying 
the special guest. So, And you can only get that by becoming a member. If you don't want to become a member, that's fine too. It's not, this, is, this, is, this is going to be an out-of-continuity episode. It's not going to be like those, those, those comic book mega series where if you don't buy the special extra $8. Those are hard. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Again, you will still understand this, the storyline of Andy and Flo talking about yes. Google. Uh, yes. This is not, it's not, and this is an alternate reality either. It's just simply a side story, but a really special guest uh, that uh, we're locking in as we speak. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's going to be super, 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 super fun. Uh, speaking of, so when's your uh, when's your your great hardware review of this Lenovo smart display going to drop? You think? I'm not entirely sure. I'm working on it, but uh, you will definitely be able to stay tuned to when that's happening. FlorenceLion.com. I'm going to be updating my website this weekend with some of the work that I've been doing, and of course, you know, I've got a couple shows on the Twit Network. If you want to come over and check me out over there too, lovely. Um, I, I've never plugged MacBreak Weekly, but I've also I'm also on the Twit Network. You can uh, listen you are every week for a couple. Hours I watch you on the reruns. <laughs> I you'll, you'll even if you're a Google person, at least you'll you'll en- you'll enjoy me like oftentimes like bringing in the not the not the anti Apple mm. pro Google perspective, but the actually I've spent just as much time using the well, Google product. Well, actually, exactly. I try. <laughs> Oh God! I've tried so many. That's been that that phrase that used to be just like incidental, like like pause. I to, know. Pause to take a breath as you're saying. Now I I, I literally I, I figuratively have like a post-it note in my brain saying, "Don't say actually," because <laughs> that's like actually. <laughs> I, I, I okay this is this is this is your by the way uh listener for who's still listening to this there are people who hear like a membership drive and skip ahead, skip to the next podcast this is your wonderful like bonus for like actually listening to the end of the episode and I, now i'm playing my completely uh it has nothing to do with google card finally yes. at the very end of the episode but so <laughs> so the, the really cool piece of science news is they found like a lake of uh, a lake of ice underneath the martian surface just like a big bit, lots and lots and lots of water. Uh, I just say, uh, Mister, again, no, no off position on the genius switch. I tweet out, "Oh my God, Mark Watney from The Martian must be really mm-hmm. kicking himself right now. He'd, if he if he just like bent a couple of antennas into dowsing rods, he'd like have all the water he needed like to live. And if he could science up like a jet ski, he could be like vacationing on Lake Tahoe until he get rescued." And so I got two well actually responses to it. <laughs> One of which was like, "Well, actually, you know that dowsing is just like like witchcraft, like phony baloney fake." science it doesn't actually work i'm like oh my god i'm gonna have to correct this tweet because i was really wanting to get people interested in finding water on mars by dowsing and another person well and the other well actually was well actually his big problem wasn't water it was food and the he it would, and i said like sitting up waiting for a year and actually he actually had to wait for like three years and I'm, I'm, welcome I'm, I'm, to the internet. And, oh, okay, I'm, I'm I'm using the dopey voice. I don't mean it. And it, I, I realize people are just having conversations. They just don't. They, they're 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 probably they're probably being very very nice. They're just participating in open like. flow. Yeah, it's my but, internet uh, voice. <laughs> so that, but but nonetheless, uh, uh, returning to our earlier my earlier point that I am merely an merely uh, an. Uh, <laughs> I am an imperfect vessel uh, to contain the perfection of the universe. My first reaction was, God damn it. Like, did, did you really think that I was making, they're too clearly jokes. Do you really think that I was think? I don't know that. Like, 
Andy, this this person didn't say something that merited being yelled at, even like in lowercase, uppercase, like with punctuation. You know, you don't have to say, you don't even have to like reply with like a smiley face and say, "Hey, just I turn I it off, that. walk away, exactly. put your hands up, just go outside." They were doing, you're they alive. were doing nothing improper. You can you can turn this into a problem by reacting poorly. You can, uh, yeah, exactly. So. Oy. So, uh, where can, can check, people find you, Andy? You can find me. Spell my last name. Spell my name. Spell my name. Uh, <laughs> I'm at notgo.com, my blog. Uh, I'm at notgo on Twitter, and notgo on Instagram. Uh, as I'm every couple of weeks, uh, I go on WGBH radio here in Boston, public radio here in Boston, and talk about technology for about a half hour. Uh, and usually there are links to that. Uh, you can listen to it live or you can listen to it afterwards. Uh, and I'll, the links are uh, almost always. Uh, published on my Twitter feed where you can go and check that stuff out. So everybody tweet, 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 tweet. Uh, So thank you everybody for listening uh, to this show. Hope you listen to next week's show as well. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Bye.